You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. John Gruden, Dirk Cutter, the Lightning, College and Pro Football, that and a whole lot more on this special edition of the Rick and Tom podcast. It's Lightning Round Day as Rick and I field questions from our producer Steve Versnick. Lots of topic, as I said, college football, pro football, hockey. So let's get it all started by bringing in the brains of the outfit, Steve Ersnick. Hey, Steve. Hey, how are you guys doing today? Doing great. Doing good. All right, well, let's get started. We'll talk uh, kind of the news of the uh, week here. John Gruden signs a 10-year contract with the Raiders. Let's start out first with who wins more games this year as a coach, John Gruden or Dirk Cutter? I'll let you go first on that one, Rick. Okay, I lose with either answer because it'll be pinned <laughs> to me forever. Um, and I'm and not going to say pick, how... You can't pick a tie either. You have to go with one of you. Okay. No, I'll pick a winner, but I, I don't... I'm not going to pick the number of games because <laughs> you get in trouble there too. I'm going to say Gruden does, and only because... Not, not that he's the better coach, although certainly he has a Super Bowl ring. I just think that Oakland is better positioned um, to go further in the AFC West uh, maybe than the Bucks are in the NFC South. And that... What I mean by that is Derek Carr was hurt last year. You know, he had he was coming off an injury, and then he had um, some some broken bones in his back there. And I just think that the whole thing sort of fell apart. And I know this about John. He's going to be really, really good. I mean, the one player he'll influence the most will be Carr. And I, I know they got issues on defense. They had some injuries there too. Um, so there's some question marks. But the to me, the NFC West – or the AFC West, I'm sorry, uh, is not as tough of a division – you know, Denver still doesn't have a quarterback. I mean, there's issues on those other teams. So I'm going to say that John Gruden wins more games next year. I wish I could disagree with you, but I'm going to go with John Gruden as well, only because – and I would have said the same thing if Jack Del Rio had stuck around. He, yes. he would win more games than Dirk Cutter. Just because I think the the Raiders are – they had – it was an off year. And the Bucks, you could mm-hmm. argue, had an off year as well, that they sure. weren't as good as expected. But I picked – boy, I picked the Raiders to go to the Super Bowl this year. I thought they were going to be really good after what they did the last couple of years. I think it was an anomaly. I think they, they took a step back as for all the reasons you mentioned and because of the division – because of the competition, because of the guys getting healthy, and because of the excitement of Gruden, I'll go with Gruden. I think I think they'll be very good. I expect them. I think they they could win the division next year because I'm not sure what Kansas City's got coming back. Yes, San Diego's San Diego does the same thing every year. They're bad, then they're good, they and then start they're bad out bad, the yeah. And they finish eight and eight and nine and seven, barely miss the playoffs. Uh, Oakland wins the division. Oakland wins the division. They win like ten or eleven games next year. So Gruden will, will have an immediate impact. So. Yeah, no, no matter how you look at it, I mean, the Bucks will be um, the the you know the fourth place team in the NFC South. I mean, there's just you know when they start the year, there's three teams that are better than them. Right. What's next, Steve? Hey, Tom. By the way, San Diego is no longer in the AFC West. Oh, that's true. It's the Los Angeles Chargers now. It's the Los Angeles Chargers. Yes, I was waiting. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> yes. Well. You got me. I started thinking like, wait a minute. That it, yeah. Wait. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So Gruden signs a ten-year contract with the Raiders. In ten right. years, will he still be coaching them? Coaching another team or nowhere at all? He will be coaching in the NFL, Rick, but it will not be with the Oakland Raiders or Vegas Raiders or whatever they're going to be playing in 10 years. Uh, I don't see this marriage lasting long in in uh, in Oakland. I know he always wanted to go back there, and him and Mark Davis are good buddies, but Mark Davis is a grade-A flake, 
and something goofy is going to happen there. <laughs> and and uh, and he'll end up leaving after maybe four or five years. But he won't go immediately back to the booth. This is not his last coaching team. And I don't know that he'll come back to Tampa necessarily, but he will coach in 10 years. He'll still be a relatively young guy. He will be coaching another NFL team in 10 years. I'm going to disagree. Um, I'm going to say uh, only because I don't want the possibility of him coming back to Tampa Bay. We have to go through this whole thing again. Um, look, it, it, it's a long time, 10 years, and, and a lot can happen before then. So I don't think he's with the Raiders. And I think that he will go back to uh, broadcasting because, I mean, he's 54 now. Let's say, let's say he coaches eight years and he's in his 60s. Um, at that point, you know, how many people, I mean, would have had success or he wouldn't have lasted that long, but how many people would be clamoring for him and would a better way to finish your career be back in the booth? So I'm going to say that he will not be coaching and, um, yeah, and, and he'll be broadcasting. All right. What we got now, Steve? All right. So, so the rumors coming out of the Patriots camp this week between owner mm. Bob Kraft, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady not getting along. Will they all be back next year? They're all saying they will be. Matt Patricia now looks like he's going to get a head coaching job this year, mm -hmm. the defensive coordinator. Josh McDaniels always interviews every year. So how much longer will this trio be together? Go ahead, Rick. I'm going to say they will be back next year. I don't know if they win the Super Bowl this year. If they do, that may change things. Um, I don't think Brady's going to retire, though, even if he does win a ring. Uh, maybe Belichick you know, feels like you know, he wants to do it someplace else. There's been talk about him going to the Giants. So if, he, if he's still here, uh, if he's still there next year. Um, so I'm gonna, I think they're going to stay together a couple more years, maybe one or two. But as soon as, you know, as, soon as uh, either they replace Brady or Brady wants to quit, um, that'll break up the trio. I don't think Belichick is going to go anywhere else necessarily. I I see Belichick leaving at some point. I don't think Brady leaves ever. Him and Kraft looks like if there was a power play in New England, and apparently there was about Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. And and mm -hmm. Belichick was the loser in that power play, and Brady clearly was the winner. And Brady did what or Bob Kraft did what what Brady wanted him to do, and Belichick followed orders. If they win the Super Bowl. I think it's more likely they, that they stay together. If they lose, I think there's going to be some infighting, some backfighting, and that's when Bill Belichick will leave. I'm surprised that Matt Patricia is, is going to end up maybe taking that Giants job, if that's, if that's the rumor. A lot of it, Rick, will depend on Josh McDaniels. If Josh McDaniels leaves, this off, I think that's a telltale sign that big changes are coming. Because my guess would be, if I'm Bill Belichick, I'm telling Josh Daniels, hey, stick around. I'm only going to do this for a few more years, and then you can take over here. If Josh McDaniels leaves, that's an indication to me that this whole thing's about to break up. Well, I would say, they, wouldn't you think the opposite? Because if Josh McDaniels leaves, that means that Belichick is staying for a while, I would imagine. Maybe. Because why? Because yeah, I understand why, what you're you know saying. saying? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. But I like, think if he thinks that Belichick is eventually going to retire, he would stay there and then become the, the coach in waiting. Yeah, that's a good um, point. Yeah. So I'm not really sure that I follow that, but how much longer I, is Brady going to play? As long as he can possibly play, and that's the problem. That's why this whole Garoppolo thing happened. Is and I don't think Kraft, unlike you know, this happened um, with Joe Montana, and the difference was that Montana was smart enough to know that he needed to leave because you know he was. They talked about you know Steve Young had an MVP season. I think Joe was coming off an injury, um, and it got to the point where. You know they they traded they were trading Joe to Kansas City and then Eddie DeBarlow at the last minute said no you can be our quarterback for as long as you want and Joe was smart enough to know you know what you guys got a guy I need to move on um, that didn't happen in this case it seems like the owner is behind Brady pretty pretty solid here so I I think Brady plays you know 
two, maybe maybe three more years, but certainly certainly uh, two more years. It's interesting that you bring up the, the whole Steve Young, Joe Montana. Same thing happened in Green Bay, although Green Bay made the decision it was time to move on from Brett Favre, and, and they had well, a succession Well, first they got him to retire. Right. They had a succession <laughs> plan in place, and then the guy didn't yeah. want to retire. I don't blame Tom Brady, Rick, for not for, – look, it's his life. It's his career. He plays as long as you want. Somebody's going to keep paying you to play, and you're still arguably the best quarterback in the game. Why not keep playing? At the same time, uh, I feel bad for what happened. I mean, Bill Belichick – look, we know what Belichick wanted to do. He wanted. He was ready to move on. I believe. I truly believe. He knew there was only a matter of time before Jimmy Garoppolo needed to play. You just can't have him as the backup for ten years, you know. And um, I think he's going to resent it. I think he's going to resent it. I think he'll leave sooner rather than later. Well, what's up next, Steve? All right, we'll go to another Hall of Fame coach, Nick Saban. On Monday night, won his sixth national title. Sixty-six years old. How long is he going to be coaching in Alabama? And is this his last stop in his career? I believe it is, Rick. I believe this is his last stop. There was a feeling that I that he might a couple of years ago. You know, and you can talk about this. He almost went to Texas. We've always heard NFL rumors uh, about him, even though the Miami situation probably probably didn't end as well as as um, he hoped it would. And and although not as bad as maybe some people make it out to be, um, but I think he. I watched him the other night, Rick, after that game Monday night, and he looked to be thoroughly enjoying his situation. He's got it on cruise control. I think he appreciates where he is. Uh, nobody, he, there isn't pressure. Remember Jimbo sort of had the situation in Florida State where fans are on him. I don't see that ever happening at Alabama, even though Alabama fans are just as crazy as any other fans. He's a god there, Rick. I believe he stays there for a while. I, he looks like he's 66. He's still in great shape. He's, uh, he looks like he's, he wants to coach a long time. I wouldn't be surprised if he stuck around well into his 70s. But I do believe this is his last stop. Yeah, I would agree. I don't think he's leaving Alabama, and I think he's going to coach till he's at least seven years old. I don't know about beyond that. Um, Alabama fans are crazy. That's why he <laughs> truly was thinking about going to Texas. Uh, but now he's got Tua. <laughs> he's got the freshman quarterback who could win uh, quite a number of games in the next two or three years. And a lot of freshmen played in that national championship game. The thing about the NFL, and the other day Bruce Arians said that one special play to Nick Saban was the New York Giants. So the New York Giants have Nick Saban and Bill Belichick as two guys who potentially have wanted to coach the New York Giants. So both these questions could one of these questions could get blown up if the Giants end up um, actually getting one of them. But Nick's been asked to come to the NFL a million times, and I think he realizes that you know it's it's such a different game that he can't control what he can control at Alabama. And so yeah, I, I agree with you. I think he stays at Alabama, and I think he coaches until he's at least seven years old. Well, what have we got now, Steve? Well, on my previous question, I may have misspoke. Alabama has won a, a contested national title, as UCF wow. is claiming they're, they're the national uh -huh. champion after going 13-0. and 0. <laughs> We won't discuss whether they are or not the national champions, but how long Thank until you. this forces the playoff field to be expanded to six or eight teams or even more after that? Go ahead, Rick, because I think you're more of a proponent of this. Well, I don't know that UCF is going to force the conversation because, frankly, I don't think anybody cares about UCF except UCF. Um, <laughs> there's not a lot of people nationally saying, you know, darn it, they deserved to be in this picture. But um, I do think it's going to expand, and I think it'll expand within two years. Um, no real reason for that other than it seems a little late to do it for this next season. But I think there'll be it'll be a financial decision. Look, the ratings for this game, everybody thought – you know, wow, two SEC schools, that's really going to hurt. No, no, no. So I think I, think I read where it was the second most watched cable show ever or, right. so, or, or live broadcast ever or something like that. 
Um, so they are sitting on, you know, they 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 got they got the uh, the golden uh, goose or whatever they say. So I, I think they're going to expand it. I think um, they'll find a way to include con- all Power Five conference champions champions and at least one or maybe two, um, you know, at large uh, type types. And so, uh, but I think that's going to take about about two years to get that off the off the running. It's funny, Rick, that this would should have been the year that really forced change because there was a lot of argument about whether UCF was a team that deserved to be in, included in a playoff. And uh, there was a lot of talk that maybe Alabama didn't deserve one of the four spots, that it should have been somebody such as a conference winner like, like an Ohio State or, or a Southern Cal instead. As it turned out, Rick, the, this could not have gone any better for Bill Hancock and the people That's of the committee true. who love the four teams. As you mentioned, huge ratings. And the fact that the team that nobody thought – the not nobody, the team that if there was an argument about shouldn't have been in this playoff – that was the team that went on to win the national title, which That's was Alabama. Right. And they won it in, right. in, in really exciting fashion. So uh, I do believe that that the case for keeping it at four was really bolstered. Ultimately, though, Rick, it's all about the money. You're going to follow the money. If there's money to be made by going to an 18 playoff, adding an extra week of, of games or an extra two weeks of games, then that's what's eventually going to happen. I hope it doesn't. I really like the four-team format, um, but, it, uh, but it'll change. I don't think it's going to happen as soon as you think it's going to happen. I think it'll be more like five or six years down the line. Really? But okay. Yeah, I just because I think Bill Hancock still has, a little, has so much power among, these, uh, among the committee, that, uh, and he's a real big – that was the father of the BCS – uh, you know, he they had to yeah. drag him kicking and screaming to get four. Yeah, there was a time when he thought this was a horrible idea too, though. Right, Remember that? Right, right. Well, that's true. It's great. Eventually, they'll they'll, they'll they will go to uh, six or eight teams, but I think it's going to be a few more years down the line. All right, we'll switch to the Lightning now. Last night they win game thirty-one out of uh, forty-three games so far this season. They have sixty-five points. Uh, clearly, the best team in the NHL. Which team or teams are the biggest threat to the Lightning? Hmm. Uh for me, Rick, it's the uh, it's the Boston Bruins. This is a team that, um, the for a couple of reasons. One, they're really good, and they've been playing well lately. And it's a team that that gives the Lightning fits. It's uh, they have the Tampa Bay Lightning have a really tough time winning in Boston traditionally. Now, I know that sounds silly. That why should we count what happened when Chris Gratton and Roman Hamerlich played here? Uh, with now that you have Victor Hedman and and um, Nikita Kucherov and Steven Stamkos and so forth, but of all the teams in the in the East, and there's some good. I mean, there's some teams out there like the Penguins, two-time defending champs, and Toronto's got a nice, exciting young team, and um, you know there are a couple other teams that the Rangers are always a funny team because of goaltending. Um, but I'm going to go with the Boston Bruins just because they got a pretty good goalie, and the Lightning usually have a tough time up in Boston. You know, there was a time when the Bucks couldn't win in Philly, so I'm going to dismiss your Boston argument. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say it's an, another team. I'm going to say it's the Washington Capitals mm. um, because they're very good and, and they're you know different kind of team. Um, you still have Alex Ovechkin, who's got 27 goals. Braden Holtby's a really good goaltender. I mean, we talk about Vasilevsky and the Holtby's. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 24 and 8 this year, so um, I think Washington, without the pressure of winning the President's Cup, will be playing <laughs> with a little bit of house money. The pressure will be on Tampa Bay, and that's that's a team that's, you know, that they could struggle with, so I'm just going to say Washington. That's not a bad pick because Washington plays a heavy game. They're, they're a heavy team to play against. Um, Ovechkin, the Lightning really doesn't have a, nobody does have a ton of answers for Alex Ovechkin and good goaltending. Uh, yeah, not not a not a bad choice. Although I would, if I'm the Tampa Bay Lightning, I would remind the Capitals at every step of the way about how they can't win in the playoffs. <laughs> so, but not True. not a, not a bad pick. Funny that neither of us picked the Pittsburgh Penguins, which were is struggling just to make the playoffs, even though they're the two time uh, defending yeah. champions and, and knocked out the Lightning a couple of years ago. So. What's up next? Well, while the Lightning are the best team in the NHL still, yeah. uh, they still have some needs. Uh, possibly another penalty killer. Uh, face-offs are a big uh, problem. They're, I believe, next to last in the league in face-offs right now. And they're rumored to be interested in a defenseman also before the season's over. So if Iserman wants to go all in and, and go for it this year, what pieces do you see possibly available for a trade that the Lightning would get, have to give up to get some pieces? What do you you want to take that one, Rick? First, yeah, I'll say, and I know there's been talk about Tyler Johnson, but he's too hot right now. So I'm going to say Alex Kalorn. Mm. Um, guy makes four million dollars, or you know, pretty good, pretty good salary cap hit. Um, he's only got five goals this season, but somebody might see him, uh, you know, on one of their higher lines. Than he has a no trade right clause now. in his deal, but he might be willing to. I mean, sure. he might be willing to give it up. It, that that was certainly a name that I thought of, Rick, as well. Alex Kalorn. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Tyler Johnson. And really? I hate to yeah, I hate to do it. He's coming off an amazing hat trick. By the way, was that the most fun hat trick that you've ever seen? Because the last goal was amazing. That last, was just a pure effort goal to get it, you know. And it was so smart on his I don't know if you saw the interview after the game with Brian Eng, Brian Engblom on uh on Sun Sports that um he said, Look, I realized that guy was tired. He had been on the ice a long time because I was tired and I'd been out there the whole time he was tired. I knew he was aghast. So I knew I could beat him. And the worst thing that could happen is, okay, he doesn't get to the puck, he circles back, and he, and he goes back to the bench and gets a line change. But, uh, but he knew he could beat the guy to the puck. He did. And that, the second goal was amazing. Puck hits the post. He gets knocked on, swipes at it, and then swipes at it again with a backhand as he's getting knocked to the ice. It was just a, it was, it was a, such a fun hat trick. And he's, a, he's looking like the Tyler Johnson we saw from a couple of years before he started coming out with some injuries. But uh, Rick, so they, let's trade him. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's the old saying: you got to give up something to get something. That's and true. I think that that might be it. Now, if they could talk somebody, if they could talk Alex Kalorn into the no trade, they would prefer to trade Kalorn. If they could talk Kalorn into into giving up his no trade, and somebody's willing to take on that salary, it's a little chunky for a yeah. guy that's only scoring, you know, on pace to score ten or twelve goals this year. And he's he's a he, I've always said he seems like more of a goal scorer than that, even though he's never really scored a ton more than that. Um, I, I think they, the Lightning would prefer to trade Alex Kalorn, but I think ultimately at the end of the day, if you're calling, if I'm calling you, and obviously I'm not going to get, you know, Kucherov or Nemestikov or clearly Stamkos or, um, or even people like, um, like a Braden Point, then uh, the, or Yanni Gord. Well, I don't want. I'm not Nemestikov's the name that could be out there because he's a free agent at the end of the year. Could be, that's, but that's if I'm true. another team, I'm yeah. more interested. If if you're if you're offering me this, and can, and can the Lightning afford him next year? It's a good point. He's going to get paid next year. Yeah, but I don't see him making more than three. 
three to four at most, although that's a lot for the Lightning. Yeah, the fact that point. he's a free agent makes him, yeah, that makes him. But if I'm another team calling and you're going to throw these names out at me, like, well, how about Kaloran? How about, I'm like, how about Tyler Johnson? That's that's yeah. who I want, you know, so. And it depends think, on who they're dealing with. I mean, if it's a team that's that feels like, you know, like a team, like a young team, and I don't know that the Lightning, and I'm, I'm just picking out a team off the top of my head here, like a team that, that might feel like they're, they're, they have a chance for the play. Like a team like Vegas. Now, I don't know that the Lightning would deal with Vegas at this point, but it's uh, they could use another guy like like Tyler Johnson. He's as good as they are. They could use a really skilled forward. There might be a couple of teams out there if they feel like Tyler Johnson's the missing piece um, to put them over the top. Although, again, it's, I, I mean, I'll be interested to see if the Lightning can even pry a defenseman away from another team. It's the hardest thing to get. Hey, let me ask you, what happens to the hats that they get thrown on the ice? Because, man, I saw a couple that had autographs on them. They had autographs thinking, on them. Why would you throw this hat onto the ice? Are you compelled? Another question is, if you're at a game where there's a hat trick, no. are you compelled no. to throw your hat onto no. the ice? No, I'm not throwing my hat on the ice. No. Now, here's the deal. A couple of things about it. One, I think, I believe that the Lightning, this was as of a couple of years ago, donate the hats to charity like Metropolitan Ministries and everything. They clean them up. They That's watch great, them. but you can't go yeah. fetch them? Like, you can't go no, back? There's I not don't. a place where you can go, hey, all those hats you guys picked up, I'd like my hat back. I don't think so. I'm not 100% sure about that. Now, I think what they do do is if you go to them, I think the Lightning has some sort of deal where they'll give you like a big discount on tickets for another game. If you How can you prove that your hat's on the ice? I just go down there and mess up your hair. La- last <laughs> night the game, it's uh, 15% off hats after the hat trick happened, or if you're a season ticket member, it's 50% off a hat. Uh, okay. They have, that on, I do they have believe- that on the scoreboard after the game, and the hats do go to organizations like Metropolitan Ministries and things like that. Right. Joe Smith, by the way, check out TampaBay.com sports section. And, uh, and Joe Smith had a, had a blog post on Wednesday morning about what happens to all the hats that, uh, that get thrown onto the ice. All right. So the All-Star Game is going to be in Tampa next month, or at the end of this month, actually, just a couple right. weeks. Uh, there is an All-Star Game this year because the NHL has said, no, none of our players will play in the Olympics. So it's only going to be former NHLers, young players, amateurs, et cetera. Yeah. Will you still watch the Olympic hockey tournament? Rick, I'll watch it just because it'll be on, but I have really no interest in it. I can't imagine that I'll watch much more than maybe a game or two just to see if I recognize anybody. And I'm a hockey guy, and I don't think I will recognize. There's a few American players that, that I've heard of that are on that team, former NHLers. Brian Gianta, I think one of them. But here's the deal, Rick. I, this is a huge mistake by the NHL. I still believe that they should be in the Olympics. It should be... Uh, fun th- and I understand some of the pitfalls of it. You hate to send, boy. If I'm if I'm the Tampa Bay Lightning, I'm I'd be holding my breath for two and a half weeks while Steven Stamkos and Victor Hedman and and Nikita Kucherov and and Andre Vasilevsky and whoever else the Lightning would be sending over. And they they've sent a ton in the past. Tyler Johnson would probably be playing for Team USA. Um, I would have been I would have been holding my breath for two and a half weeks. But Rick, as a fan, I wanted to watch this tournament. It's a fun tournament. It's a competitive tournament. There are about six or seven teams capable of winning that tournament. And now I'm going to watch a bunch of guys. It goes back to, and everybody talks about this, Rick. Oh, remember the Miracle on Ice? That was a once in a lifetime, once in a generation, once in a hundred years thing. And back and then the next year, you know, remember it happened, 1984. Nobody cared again because we didn't recognize any of the names or any of the guys. This is an this is an awful tournament now without NHLers. I'm afraid to say. Uh, well, I'm going to disagree with you. I will watch because people, I think, primarily not hockey people necessarily watch because they want to root for their their colors. They want to root for the USA, mm-hmm. and 
and I do remember Lake Placid and it. And I always thought, and I was kind of felt this way too about the NBA when 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 we started sending NBA players over to compete in the Summer Olympics. I thought, well, now it's not amateur athletics. Now it's professionals. And I know the argument was, well, all these other countries, their guys are professionals, especially you know at that time the Soviet Union or whatever. But I but I will watch it. They'll get their brains beat out. But I still think that there's some interest. And I and actually I get by the NHL. I mean, it's all about money for them. But sure. look, um, we remember in Tampa Bay a couple of things. One, it ended up in a huge spat with Marty St. Louis. Ended up having being traded to the Rangers, <laughs> which destroyed their team that year. And and you're right, injuries are a problem, you know. And um, so I'm okay if I'm a Lightning fan. I'm okay with uh, with them not playing in the Olympics. Yeah, if you're a Lightning fan, it's it's definitely okay. But as and as a Lightning organization, it's definitely okay. But it's just not going to be as fun to me. It's like the it's the Olympic baseball tournament. I love baseball. I love America. I don't like American baseball tournament. You know, it's just like I don't know. I don't know any of the guys. I don't. You know, mm-hmm. don't, like the World Cup of baseball was great. That that tournament was actually a lot of fun. But um, I don't know. I'll, I'll I'll probably watch the gold medal game and and hopefully a couple of stories will develop develop out of it. Here's the thing too, Rick. I'm I like the Winter Olympics, but it's also I like the fact that hockey was in the Winter Olympics, and I, and yep. I recognize the guy. Like I, I watch skiing, but I'm not much of a figure skating guy. Some of these that that took up a lot of my viewing time was watching Olympic hockey. You know. No, I know, and but I'm wondering now how many of these uh, are all the NHL players not going, or are there some from other countries that insist on going? No, no, nobody's going. Nobody's okay. Going. So I mean, if there's no NHL players in the field, kind of leveled. Yeah, no, it will. I mean, that the United States has as good a shot as anybody, I would guess. Well, then that's have, why I would watch. Yeah, but I just I don't if I, I don't USA I USA <laughs> USA. What's wrong with you, Tom Jones? <laughs> I'm not rooting against them. I'm just saying I'm not watching any of them. I don't yeah. watch any of those games. Canada Sweden final. Ugh, I don't care about that. I don't even care about United States Canada final if I don't recognize the guys. Wow. I don't know any recognize of the guys. The, recognize the flag, big man. You know, here's here's it's like watching those uh, all American uh, high school football games on on the, at the end of the season. I don't know. It's a it's a team dressed in black and a team dressed in white. I don't know who's who. I don't care. You know. Well, not, you're not the watching hockey. You can one. spend more time watching curling now. There, hey, I like curling during the Olympics. I do too. Judge Judy. You know, you know what the greatest thing ever is NBCSN. It's yeah. Well, Hee Haw's awesome. By the way, I watch it every night. One at one a.m. That's Saturday not night. a sh- that's not a show. I don't think they could they could put on TV today, is it? No, absolutely not. It's so politically <laughs> incorrect. It's not funny, but uh, it's so politically correct. It is funny, but uh, but no, NBCSN shows curling now. Did you ever see that? Like. Uh, mm-hmm. NBC Sports Network shows curl, like curling tournaments and stuff. I love it. Oh, yeah. and, and you lived in Minnesota, so did I, Tom. At one point, it's huge up there too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's huge. When every time when I used to cover the Lightning and we go to Canada, I'm telling you, the whole I've, I've been up here a couple times when and I forget what they called it now, but it was the, like the, basically the National Curling Championships of Canada, and it would last for like a week or two, and it was like us watching college football here in the United That's States. That's crazy. That's it crazy. was like, I mean, people were like crowded in bars watching this That's thing. Nuts. It was, it is nuts, but it was. Um, it was it's shuffleboard on ice <laughs> with brooms. That's all I it am, is. That's I'm not disputing any of that. You're, you've exactly described curling, but it's still, the, it captivates the entire country. Well, speaking of captivating, the, <laughs> t- the Tampa Bay Rays are about a month away from starting spring training. Baseball free agent market's been very slow to develop this year. A lot of free agents still out there. Signings really aren't happening. 
several yeah. teams looking to pare back payroll like the Dodgers and Yankees uh, based on this whole complicated luxury tax system. But if they go over for three straight years and the luxury tax goes from 20 percent to 50 percent, so they're not going to spend as much money this year to stay under that limit. Uh, right. So that kind of limits the trade market, too. The Rays haven't made many trades outside Longoria. Who will be the next Rays to be traded and how many will happen before the season begins? Ooh. Go ahead, Rick. I'm going to say two. I'm going to say Alex Colomay uh, um, mm-hmm. will be traded, and I'm going to say Chris Archer. I still think they want to move him, and I still think his contract is low enough that other teams will take him on. I, I agree with you 100%. I think I'll go more than that. I think Colomay goes. I think Chris Archer goes. I think Corey Dickerson may end up going at some yeah, point and, maybe, one, yeah. and maybe another another player, too. I don't. They won't trade Kiermaier. And guys like Brad Miller, I don't know that they have a whole lot of trade value. They they probably have They'd more value to, for the but, yeah. more value to the Rays actually at the end of the day than they probably do for another whatever they'd be able to get back for Brad Miller. Um, they're going to make some deals, Rick. And I know in talking to Mark Topkin, we should have Mark Topkin on a podcast real soon. Just ask him about the plans going into the season. Mark's a lot more uh, bullish on the Rays coming up the upcoming season. He feels their young players are a little bit further along than than many other people, including me, do. Um, I think this team's about to hit a really dead spot. Uh, when I say dead spot, 9,500 losses. And I don't know that it'll happen next season, but yes, it, it will. will. It Come will on. happen. Yeah, it will happen within the next two seasons. And it could be an extended period of, you know, 90 losses, 95, 98, 100, 101. And then, and then it could slowly build back up again. Uh, they're trying to follow the format of other teams like the Houston Astros, like the Chicago Cubs, um, teams that that sort of bottomed out and tanked and and rebuilt through the draft. My only problem, we've said this before, Rick, is I'm not all that confident that they'll draft well. And mm-hmm. when it gets to the point where it's time to spend money, like the Astros did going out and getting Justin Verlander, or well, like the Cubs it. did, the mm-hmm. Cubs did when they went out and got uh, you know John Lester and and whoever else. Um, I don't know that they'll do that. It bends over. I just don't think the Rays will spend the money at that point. So the idea of tanking sounds great when you see the finished product of the Houston Astros, but it's really hard to go through it, and it's really hard to do because it's it, it means you can't miss. You have to draft George Springer and Carlos Correa and I, and Chris Bryant and whoever else the Cubs you know picked up over the years. I, I'm not confident the Rays will do that. So I think they're in for they're going to try to do it. They're going to try to tank. It's just not going to work as well as we hope it will. And on that optimistic note, <laughs> we'll close it out for there. We got the Tampa Bay Lightning at least. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. You can check us out on iTunes. Subscribe. Please subscribe. You can uh, subscribe on Google Play, on iTunes, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, and you can find us on Twitter at Rick Tom Podcast. Uh, Rick is at NFL Strat. I'm at Tom W. Jones. Thanks again to our host today and our producer, Steve Versnick. Talk to you next time. It'll be a football Friday, and we'll get you ready for the uh, divisional playoffs of the NFL. Take care, everybody. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.